Hey folks, uh, welcome to another edition of Like Dragon, Like Sun. I am one of your hosts, Jay Oatway. I am the other host, Jack Oatway. And we are coming uh, to you today uh, via the wonders of the digital interwebs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because that's how we're playing D&D these days. Well, that's how podcasts work. Well, I mean, yeah, how, but how else would you do it? I'm trying to segue. Right, okay. That's how digital D&D nope, works. I'm it. stopping the segue. Do it another way. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, hey, folks, if you've showed up here looking for something other than uh, a father and son team talking about Dungeons and Dragons, uh, go away. You took a, a wrong turn in Albuquerque. No, Is that I, the thing? don't go away. Stay. Stick around. This Today we are talking about top 10 tips for playing D&D online because mm-hmm. uh, that's how we do D&D these days, mostly. Um, and... And let's face it, we can always get better at playing D&D, especially if you're going to be playing with me. You definitely need to be better. <laughs> I, I'm not playing with rookies anymore. I'm over it. <sighs> so bad. We do not mean that I, representative of Like Dragon Like Sun, would like to make it clear that that is not our mission here to exclude any persons. We're just... People who are worried, people who don't have much experience with online learning or feel like it's not giving them everything they want, maybe try introducing some house rules if you're a DM to your next game or suggest or start doing these things in your next game online uh, if you have them. I mean, some of these are just a lot of setup stuff, but some of them I think are ongoing things if you haven't known them already. I think some of this, the very first one on my list, this applies not just to online, but this is going to apply to, you know, life playing at at a table as well. And I mean, for everybody's set the table, for everybody's sake, know your character. Okay, you have one character to know, one character sheet. Just read it. Know all your features. Know all the abilities your character has. Know everything in your equipment. Just know your character. Really, is mm-hmm. it so much to ask? I think this is one of the most straightforward things that I think a lot of people get sort of caught up in, um, in them, not in themselves. I think that's a bad way to put it. You know, we always get excited at the table and we can become a little overwhelmed about what our character can and can't do. And maybe we only play once every week or so, but a common rule I like to do whenever I have a game going and I know I'm going to play, be playing a character and not DMing, I will always read through my, all my, my D&D Beyond character sheet. I'll look at my proficiencies uh, I look at my my stats, my AC, my hit points, anything's you know off, so I remember that anything I need to mark down. Do I have any spell slots marked off? Oh, what spells might have I prepared? If I'm a preparer, you know, like yeah, just absolutely. going over what my spell options are, what my features are, just all the basic things that I need I, to know to be able to play my character. And, and I get it, like you know, I've I've some weeks I have played four different characters that week, or I've DM'd as well, which means I've played a whole bunch of other things. And yeah, to be honest. It, it's easy in D and D to to get confused and forget things. So yeah, refresh your memory. You know, five minutes is all it's going to take before the game starts. You know, as you're sitting there waiting for other people to, to join in. You know, uh, at that point, you know, just open up your character, go through the, like the class features, the race features. Have a little look at your equipment, how many attacks per round you got, what your channel divinity does, what your whatever your special things are. Make sure you've kind of got your head around that. Know when know that you have and these things to use. Them. Even an even next step thing, if you want to be an even greater player, is taking like another look at your character, your ideals, your bonds, your oh, flaws. That's amazing. Yeah. If you wanna you wanna just go from being a good player at the table to being a great player at the table, know those things. Like start each time you like look at it, you know, think, okay, my ideals, my bonds, my character traits, my flaws, right? How am I going to let those inform the decisions I will make? Is this character this session? Sure. You know, like, and then think back to, you know, when you're making a decision, not all the time, you don't have to to obsess about it or detach yourself from the game, but think a little bit about 
how that will impact you as your character and the way you're playing, you know, because it certainly does. Absolutely. And and practice your voice. <laughs> if there is a voice, yeah. Spend a good two minute doing vocal yeah. warm-ups. Some, sometimes I have to, like, find the, the, the character's voice. And once I have it, then I'm mm-hmm. like, and then all those other things sort of come into play um, and they fall into place. It, it works quite well. Um, so that's that's simple. That's your first thing. First step. Easy thing to do. Um, the second, every DM will appreciate you yeah, if you can do that. And your fellow players will appreciate Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Okay, step two's a bit harder. Um, but you need to know the digital tools you're going to be using. Right. Understanding, you know, what software might be at play. Uh, you know, Google Hangouts, is it Discord? Is it whatever you're using to talk and whatever you're using if, to tabletop? If it's new to you, if you're being mm. invited to join something that you haven't joined before, Google it. Yeah. Find a forum read about it watch a youtube video or about ask it the dm the person running it they probably sure. know every they'll tell you everything you need to do ask in advance ask early uh find out what the dm is using and then get it all set up on your computer mm-hmm. be proactive uh figure it all out test it out before the game and if you're really not sure ask your dm sure and, and most of them uh, a lot of people today i play with use uh discord uh, and they can like to connect uh, another app that they like to use is Beyond 20, which works really great with D&D Beyond. Um, those, those things right there, putting aside your which virtual tabletop system you're using, those things are pretty common in all my games right now. Maybe they're common in yours as well. Maybe you've not seen these things yet. Um, you're likely going to be asked to do things like, hey, I need you to copy a secret key from this thing and put it into your into this and most dms are really good these days if even if you join somebody brand new online they will step walk you through these steps it's great though it's say you are paying for to join an online game that you're not wasting that precious time setting things up you know and it's another thing of just courtesy to your other players absolutely get it out of the way early get it done test out your internet connections um yeah, make sure everything's working good at your end. Make sure your modem's set up right. Make sure you've restarted your computer so it's like fresh and not janky. Do whatever it is that you need to do to make sure that your your digital tools are tuned. Absolutely. Sharpen the saw. Um, Just like your fighter might, during the short rest, polish their sword or, or sharpen it against a whetstone, you must too sharpen your computer. And then you'll start learning all sorts of little things, tips and tricks. Like if you, uh, if you are a uh, Beyond 20 user, we've just got a whole bunch of new hotkey stuff. So you can start to learn how to, uh, you know, how to use those tools to, to do cool things like, uh, you know, do sneak attacks or rages or whatever know how those keys work know which ones need to do what know where you need to click on your digital character sheet to make things happen yeah learn how you know how to move tokens how to ping maps um those things are all really important yeah Uh, especially again that's a big part not only discord and talking software i mean theater of the mind is fairly simple you know it's more discussion based but if you are using a virtual tabletop system such as tarask.io or any other like you know roll 20 or whatever sure. you might be using uh, always know how to move pieces how to uh, request things put things on make your your actions obvious uh, so that you don't take too much time uh, yeah. needing to set up or be reminded or do things yeah, like that and and time, and never feel uncomfortable is, asking time is the key thing on this we are really trying to to bring a little bit more of a fluid speed back uh to D. a lot of virtual online games uh they're a lot slower they don't get to move as far and you can, you can always expect the, the first or second session to be a little bit slower. Yeah. But I think as a baseline expectation. Or if you haven't played for a month or so. Which it's true. But it's like a baseline expectation, just knowing how to make sure you're all set up properly mm. so that your your session goes off without a hitch. Absolutely. Um, number three. Okay, look. This is sort of a little bit along the lines of digital tools, but this one's very specific. And there's a lot of specific skills that go with this one. Please, please, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, if you can. non-binary pals. Okay, yeah, everybody. The whole rainbow spectrum, 
please turn on your cameras. Please. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this is a game that has, requires visual cues. Well, maybe not requires. It's possible to do it without. But it is so much better if you can if you can look at each other, if you can see each other's faces. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. Uh, I think role play is a huge part. I mean, we talked about it last, last episode, episode 36, and it becomes so much easier to achieve role playing. One of the three pillars, you know, if you look um, in many Reddit boards or whatever you, you're researching, one of the three pillars is role play. So it's absolutely essential. I feel and well, dad feels and, to have your you, camera on you, as long as it, you know, doesn't break comfort. If you whatever, look at right? how many people this year have had to go to work, it's Zoom meetings. Kids have gone to school, Zoom meetings or Google Hangouts or whatever video conferencing tools you're using. The reason this technology has come in this year is because it is a much better step forward than just audio. Um, so yeah, please get the cameras on. Now, that brings us to another set of problems though. Setting up your camera requires also thinking a little bit about where are you playing your D&D? Um, some of us don't have a lot of choices where our computers and cameras are set up. But, you know, you do have some choices on how you might set up your background. What's behind you? Um, is there a way that you can tidy it up? Uh, can you clean your bedroom? Can you not look like a slob on your camera? Can you put things away? Can you... Um, or, you know, so there's some really fancy people out there. You can buy little portable green screens. People sit up behind their chairs and like suddenly poof, you can be in whatever fantasy land you want. Ring lights. <laughs> yeah. Well, lighting has becomes a thing too. Are you sitting in the dark? Well, then you might not have, might as well not even have a camera on. But yeah, like the camera makes a big difference when it comes to being able to, to role play. Um, yeah. I mean, that's an obvious thing, you know, but not only is I feel that important, but also sort of working in tandem with that is making sure your sound is good as well. Well, that's right. I mean, those of you who may have listened to the first few episodes of Like Dragon, Like Sun, when we had terrible a, audio, a much worse <laughs> microphone. Um, yeah, we both started off sitting around a single microphone and it wasn't great. Um the better the microphone, the better the audio quality, the better the experience for your fe- fellow players. So try to get yourself something that makes you sound good. Uh, if you're going to be playing a lot of D&D online, this is this is a worthwhile investment. In fact, if it's not just D&D, I mean, so much of, I think, life, work, everything going forward, there's going to be a bigger online component. It is worth going out and getting yourself a podcasting microphone or something anyways that's a little bit better than whatever the built-in microphone on your laptop is. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but also make sure that it works with your uh, whatever hosting platform you use, like Discord. Like sometimes I have trouble using the microphones we have here for Discord. Um, it just won't register. It won't work. And maybe that's stuff I have to go through again to make sure I can get that set up properly. But uh, read specifications. Make sure things all work. Do your research so that um, you can be as prepared as possible. Yeah. Preparation isn't like isn't that a Boy Scout thing. Yeah, be prepared, right? So I, for me, I really think like the difference between like having cameras. My, if I had to choose between cameras and just the virtual tabletop where you get to see the map, I'd rather see people's faces than the map. I'd rather take theater of the mind, and actually, if you look at a lot of how the pro streamer D and D, you know broadcasts are, are being done um you know those shows are mostly you know just about players doing theater of the mind for the microphone doing their characters and being really cool and awesome about it um and yeah maybe we're not all actors maybe we're not as good as these people that's okay but the first step towards having you know a, a better yeah. level of play is to get that professional not necessarily good oh, all right you're right. That th- those those things are subjective, but yeah, trying to shoot to be pro, pro level, and I'm not saying we have to be pros. We just I'm just saying like I think just it's a it's a form of decency and showing respect to the DM and to your fellow players. Doing. You know, it's just a part um, of of setting up to make sure everyone can have the best experience possible. Yeah, and look, so the best experience possible in my mind includes role play. 
Hmm. It's called the world's greatest role-playing game. It says so right on the cover. It's not the world's greatest virtual tabletop move a token around and roll virtual dice game. Like it's gotta have the role play component to it. We've talked about it a bit in recent episodes, and I'm I'm gonna keep banging on this drum. I really believe that D D at its best has role play. Um and so once you've got your camera on, now it's time to to ask ourselves, you know, okay, I know my character, I know my digital tools. I got my good microphone, my good camera. And make the most of it. How are we going to role play better? Like if you had all of those things and then you just turned your mic on and go like, uh, look over there. Mic uh, off. I'd, I'd like to make an investigation check, please. Mute. Can you I make like... an, I'd like to make another investigation check. Uh, yeah, I got a 37. I got, I got a four. Yeah, I'm going to uh, walk over there and make an attack with my longsword. Yeah. Like. Um. I'm kidding, obviously. I'm being exaggerating. Um, yeah. But it's something that I see and, and it's something that I do if I'm sure. tired but this could or be, it's a long session. These, and and again, these, this weary, is something that know. can apply to real tables as well. Exactly. Um, I think, though, that online we have to definitely work harder than ever to make this this better, to make this happen. Um, so some tips, quick tips. This goes beyond, I suppose, knowing just your character sheet, but know your fellow characters. A little bit. What are their strengths? Just a little bit. You what don't need to weaknesses? know all their abilities. You don't need a metagame. No, you don't no. need to learn but their life story. If you've played with them for a few sessions, you kind of know what they like and what they don't, hopefully, if their character's been trying to role play a little bit. And if you don't know that and you feel like they have been a little quiet at the table, like, now's ask, time to talk to them. Role play. There's an excellent chance for role play. You know, sure. get the, the, the player to divulge a little bit on their backstory, on their ideals or their bonds or what drives them as a character. Yeah, try to get invested in your fellow players' characters. Because they love them too. Yeah. Try to try to to find some sort of connection with them um, and try to do it in character. I think some of the most fun moments are when there's almost this character-character connection. Yeah. You know, like, instead of we're all just lone adventurers somehow at the same space at the same time. Because we all have to be at the same tavern you know, at the same time like, looking for the same adventure. Eventually, you'll, well, I mean, that's how most parties start, but eventually you'll get to know the other characters as you would, like, the people who you're sitting around the table with, you know? And showing that appre- like appreciation for their character or that you're rooting for their character or that you understand their character and you're, you're listening. I mean, it's just always key in communication or in making sure people feel like they're heard, I feel. Yeah. It's just a general rule of life, you know, but key to role-playing from my experience yeah and i think you know because we're on a little tiny camera you know or, or well the camera yeah is size doesn't vary but the little picture window in which we are role-playing on somebody else's screen is teeny weeny and and they may not have it up all the time right if they've only got a one screen which includes their you know, say it's their laptop screen maybe it's not a very big screen Right, so only some of the time they're going to be looking at the video. Some of the time they're going to be looking at their character sheet. Some of the time they're going to be looking at the map. Um, so we have to act bigger. We have to put more into our game. Um, we have to sort of make a bigger deal about everything that goes on between the characters a little bit more. What um, I've started to do in almost sort of a self-restraint sort of way is when I'm in a class in a Zoom call. Uh, Zoom has the option to hide self-view. Uh, and so I'll always click that in a certain class unless I want to be seeing myself for a presentation or whatever I'm doing, right? So we'll always hide self-view, you know, because in a regular class, I'm not going to be able to see myself obsess on my face, you know? And I feel like that's a caught or a trap a lot of people get caught in. It's yeah. just end up looking at yourself, you know? Um, so I always just turn off well, self-view. And what, look I, at what I try and do now, especially as a DM... Look at the camera. Yep. If I sometimes as well, if but the, it's a if the baddies are talking, or if I'm, yeah, anytime that I'm really in character, um, I have I just look straight into the camera. Now I do glance down, um, especially when I'm looking at responses from the players when they're coming back with their character talking or whatever. But I might glance down to also see if like when the baddies talking, how the players are reacting. Um, and yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's great if you can get everybody actually paying attention to each other in that in those scenes. It definitely brings the game uh, to life in a, in a much better way. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the one other little tip I had mentioned down here: it still matters to 
make a big deal over, say, well, this is one point in particular that I feel passionate about. If one of the player characters have fallen unconscious during battle, right, and they drop to zero HP, maybe you get them back up pretty quick. I used to spell on it or something like that. But even if they, if, especially if they've even had to make one death save in there, you should make a pretty big deal over the fact that they nearly died. Um, or if you die, nearly die, you should make a pretty big deal about the person who brought you back. Like those little moments in the game are quite tense and they're quite, they're quite important bonding moments, I think, that bring the team together when you've been saving each other's lives. Um, and it adds a certain a level of realism to it that's not just a mechanic. Okay, well, it dropped to zero, but I've got three turns of rolling this before that happens. And um, I even have a DM that I'm playing with now. He's um, he suggested, and I actually kind of like the idea, that death save rolls be done in the blind so that nobody knows whether you're passing or failing them. Not even the DM. <laughs> no, the DM needs to know. <laughs> but um, but that's that adds an extra sort of scariness sort of to it. Um, that nobody quite knows where they, where in limbo they actually are right now. So you have to get to them fast. Usually I don't encourage secrets, like between you and a DM. But I think there are certain scenarios, like the one you suggested, where that could be a really interesting way to make, to add tension to the moment. I think so. That's the idea, right? To to heighten the drama of that situation. And these tools exist digitally. There are usually settings for you know, whispering rolls to the DM or doing blind rolls or things like that so that only the DM can see them uh, or only you and the DM can see it. And again, this is, goes back to then know your technology, know how those little settings and things work. Um, and also then try the restraint. I totally blew this the other night. Um, when you fail the check, don't go, oh my God, I failed another one. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just spoiled it you've also then got to be able to bite your tongue or press the mute button or whatever mm. so you don't freak out um poker face yeah you gotta keep your poker face on um but you know okay so those are like some of our role play things out of the way don't get me wrong i'm all for combat in the game as well right and virtual tabletops being able to move tokens around and do stuff is pretty cool yeah, it's it can be cool. super cool, yeah. And I think on that line, we want to introduce, I suppose, rule suggestion uh, number five in combat, which sort of ties into some of our first suggestions, which is just to sort of be ready uh, for your turn on combat, you know, and not to be almost, I mean, there's always, you know, that conflict of feeling too rushed to do something, but you always want to, you don't want to be the, the player, I'm not shaming, but uh, I find myself sometimes caught where, I just don't know what I'm going to do on my turn. You know, some things just happened, which changed my whole plan. And I'm just like, uh, you know, scanning through my character sheet nervously, Absolutely. thinking of what I can do, you know, and holding up uh, the game. And, and, and you, you need to know that. Super and long. again, if you, can, if you can somehow see the initiative tracker or write one down yourself as you're figuring it out. And, or as a DM, if, if you tell re- a player that like, oh, you're on deck. Sure. You know? And but also as a player, recognize if I come after the, the, the monsters or the creatures in this thing, the whatever... Um, that's going to always mean I'm going to be, I'm going to have to be really quick on my feet because things are going to change whenever they act, right? They're going to move, they're going to attack, they're going to do things. Um, so whatever I might've been thinking about prior to them doing that, that's going to maybe be out the window. Um, it is a tougher place to be, but understand that it's a tougher place. Like understand where sitting in the initiative tracker, where you are, how that's going to affect your gameplay um this is just i mean i'm not saying you need to be a pro gamer but this is just like basic stuff this is this is like i don't know if you were playing chess in the park with people that you know how to move the pieces you know like there's some there's some basics here to in, to join well, into it's this. true but it's a little bit more complicated than that i think almost a, a better analogy for this situation would be like being in a tricky situation where you don't know quite which piece to move in what way to yeah, attack or defend or whatever like okay, i don't want to be too hard on people for umming and hawing like look i have sat there many times when it's my turn and gone oh boy what do i do but Although I would I say that almost, that happens much less than the number of times where it's my turn and I have exactly 
the plan figured out. I have my dice ready to roll. I have like my finger hovering over top of the button. And I just like, I can add a little bit of role play, role play flourish to what I want to do and move the token. And I click the buttons and the dice roll and the shows up and i rolled i know how to like roll with advantage or to roll with disadvantage by holding the key um i know how to create you know the damage at the same time so we can just get on with my turn um and that's and that's it that's that's how you you know that's how you move through this game efficiently if everybody shows up and can just do their turns you, you, but you, you don't want it to be like a manufactured bureaucratic thing either. There is no, natural involvement to combat and excitement minutes, in the... If you can take two minutes off of five different players' turns every round of combat, your combat goes so much faster. It's true. It's true. I mean, it's a, it's a thing that I want... I'm, I'm always trying to get better at um, being quick with my turn. And it, it ties into our, our first suggestion of knowing your character sheet. And that's a, a part of knowing your strategy actions, in combat. Bonus action. You know, if you're what going you do? movement, if your strategy is to support, then what actions you typically take to support, you know, if you're a spellcaster, do you plan out when you're going to cast certain spells in certain scenarios? Did, does the situation need damage? Consider using a damage spell. Does do you does your party look good on damage? Consider doing some in control option, you know, or status effect. Yeah. Um, I mean, these are, are but, things no you things, learn with time. And of no playing, things. But, okay, so if you're a caster, right? If you're gonna be casting spells, know what your save DC is. Yeah, those are simple things. Those are part of even that first suggestion: understanding right. save DCs. So, and so if you're gonna cast a spell that has a saving throw on it. Just tell the DM that you're doing that. All right. I I cast Sacred Flame. It needs to make a Dex 14 saving throw. Mm -hmm. Just say that so the DM's not like sitting... Because the DM's got a lot of things like screens open, stuff they're juggling around. And yes, well, most DMs are going to know what cantrips do. Um, it's really nice not to be sitting there and thinking, oh, right, Sacred Flame. I For a second there, I was thinking Firebolt. Um, and, you know, because then there's this pause while the DM's sort of sitting there not preparing to roll dice so they too have to you know the dm has a lot of different things they might need to roll for so help yeah. them out yeah i mean that's a big thing with spells i don't know if we had a separate one on spells but yeah, sure all right well we'll just i think we just go but straight i think into i know that. but i think almost other things like mechanics such as scaling things if you're if you're a cleric with you know turn undead know yeah. what cr that so, works yeah, point, on point six on if, this is definitely help your dm with the details of your spells sure Right. Um, and a lot of these, like on the new digital tools, when you cast a spell, the spell does come up in the chat, right? But again, I, I may not have all the screen real estate available to put that up and read it, right? Like, so give me a quick summary. If you're casting a spell, you know, what, what spell is it, what you're doing? And, and for God's, please, folks, everybody out there, if you're a caster, have a little look for that little C, that little concentration mm. beside it. You're concentrating it's one on of the a spell. easiest things to forget ever. I know, I know, but please come on. This is this is you, you got one job mm -hmm. as a caster. That's my point, you know. Remember which Do spells you're concentrating on. To remember you have concentration. Now, some of the virtual tabletops now have got little concentration tokens and things like that that you can do it that you can help market. I mean, and I know on the real tabletop, I I've, I've got a little concentration ring that I use to drop on top of people's minis because it's really hard to remember. But even with that, you can forget. As a DM, it's hard to remember what everybody's doing. So as a player, try to just remember what you're doing. And this is one that I think I struggle with the most and most people forget is concentration. Sure. Like if they'll cast another concentration spell and forget about it, they'll take damage and we won't do any of the saves to concentration. Even the best players out there forget concentration sometimes. It is a huge... Thing you need to remember yeah um there's a lot of things also <laughs> you can't cast twice i i don't care if you one spell was a bonus action uh it, that's it you you only get one spell in your turn well by spell we mean excluding cantrips uh, yes but it's like there's there's just things like there this. are rules as out a there, spellcaster that you, that you don't pick make up your don't make your dm have to tell you this every time yeah and uh, look folks if you're new or explain the rules to of your spell and if you're brand or whatever, new and yeah. brand new playing spellcasters things like that 
we're not beating you up for doing this. I play with with lots of rookie players. We say this players, because we do this all the time. And I, I do it too. I make these mistakes. Um, and I do, I remind the players again and again, gently every time. I'm just sort of putting this out here now as a sort of say, as a public service announcement, if you want to be a really cool player at the table, especially today with, I'm really, I'm really in awe of these, like these sites now, um, like start playing where you can just, where people are like hosting games and you can show up and you're just going to be playing with like three or four random strangers, like kind of right now. And, and I sort of think like, if you're going to do that, you, you owe it to the people at that table to show up and, and not waste anybody's time. Right. So come to the game and, and I mean, it's okay. Everybody's going to make mistakes. D&D full of rules. You can't remember them all. Um, in fact, we kind of all, that's the whole point of the table is to kind of collaborate and work together um, on using these rules to to bring your characters to life and, and to tell the story and let the DM arbitrate what does and doesn't work. Absolutely. I think moving on, you know, similar idea, help your DM out. Yeah. So look, virtual dice, even though they show up in the chat, the dead of them in the DM is sees the chat. You know, say out loud what the, the roll was. Right. Say it, out loud what the Just like thing we would was. do it at the table, right? If you rolled it in a dice tray in front of you, the DM can't see it from where they're sitting. Mm. Uh, so you have to tell everybody yeah, at the table. And know what your damage dice are, you know, especially that's a big one. Like, um, don't ask the DM, you know, oh, what was the damage to that spell again? They don't know. You know. Yeah. Well, if they're going to look it up on D&D Beyond, so can you. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it's right on your character sheet, for God's sake. I mean, new beginner, it, it's there. new beginner players, other players should help them out, especially if there's a preoccupied DM. This is when a, a, a limited circumstance, because I think sometimes you just kind of want... Uh, you don't want to like metagame too much or tell new players what they should be doing, but there are some moments where it's just like, okay... Uh, oh, okay, just what you want to do is you want to click on your character sheet or even if you know their character a little bit or have seen them cast a spell before or if you're a little bit more versed with the rules, be like, okay, it should be this damage, I'm pretty sure. Like, I'm going to know a 5th level sorcerer casting Firebolt is going to be dealing 2d10 uh, fire damage. Like, I just know that's what's going to happen, right? I mean, that's just how the numbers work unless they have some other ability somehow changing that. Um and if I know that my my warlock friend has agonizing blast, I'm going to re remind them to add their charisma modifier to those damage rolls, like all of those things. Like if you can do that as a player and know those simple things, you can like make it so much easier for your DM and your fellow players who are still struggling to figure stuff out. Yeah, um, just read stuff out for them. If it's on your character sheet or if it's in the explanation uh, bubble that pops out in D and D Beyond, if it's an effect, if it's a magic item, if it's whatever. Just read the effects out. You can do short summaries of your spells when you cast them as well. Anything that's going to help um, move the game along a little bit for, forward so that we're not having to stop and go actually, you know, have the DM look stuff up every but time. But it's also on the other receiving end. If a monster is attacking you, like, rather than, I mean, eventually a DM will get to know what your AC should be, you know, but they'll always usually ask what's your ac you know yeah. or does an 18 I, hit i like to do it just because it it, it gives like, the, oh, it gives the players 24. it gives the players yeah. yeah i mean there's obvious things like yeah when I, if i roll a 24 like, should oh, i really be yeah asking, that hits does it hit um but you know mid-teen stuff uh it's nice to let them sort of i think most players like a little joy when they when you say does no, a 13 hit that doesn't hit like, yeah. no it doesn't and i think there's a sort of fun bit to that um, and yeah, obviously the bigger ones, you don't need to do that again, but the close call ones, the close shaves when it lands right on their AC, it's I know, like, I've got an AC of 17 don't and they're like, say... and they're like, does a 17 hit? And they'd be like, yes, it does. But, or at that moment, maybe they're, maybe there's something else they have. Maybe there's a reaction. Maybe they've got a magic item or something that can boost their AC by true. a couple points. It's true. And you don't want to, I feel that like it's also kind of like, there's some, like a little bit of like an, oh, when it just like, yeah, that hits. The ones that are close like that, there may be something that the player has that, and maybe you know they have it too, that, that allows them, uh, wizards with shield or yeah, whatever I mean, that's a plus be. five. That's pretty good. And then at those moments they can go, actually, I'm going to cast da-da-da. Exactly. it won't hit. And you're like, cool. Uh, nice. And, move, and then and then on. role play that. You'd be like, you see, yeah. as you you you, or even if the You're player has a special right. way of describing it, let them I, describe it. I am all for 
extra role play and description yeah. going into combat instead of extra time being spent fiddling around with mechanics and rules and what buttons to click. Well, what I would do instead, so again, that idea of taking those two minutes fiddling around looking at your character sheet, wondering what to do, take those two minutes instead to role play a super cool thing. Exactly. You know, like that's what we want to do. We want to try and minimize the amount of time humming and harring out of character dealing with the the mundane stuff and more time in character dealing with the like the cool magic of D&D. This is almost a larger tip that were a thing that I noticed. Before I would be like when whenever I would want to inject more role play, I would do the description. Yeah. You know, I, and if there I are new most players the in D&D. But if a player would cast a spell like shield, now what I typically do is I say, "Okay, what does that shield look like?" Yeah. I think player agency is like really great. Like a glyph yeah. of war, you and know, again, a shield. And it of, depends on who you're playing whatever, with. Right? Brand new players, it helps to they they. I think new players enjoy the immersion of the DM describing this whole world to them, and it's a fascinating, wonderful thing to find yourself with the DM for the first time because you don't understand how any of the world works around you really because you're new to this game. And this this person is standing there just seems to have this amazing ability to describe every single thing you do um and it's a wonderful thing to see but you're right once you play with a bunch of players who are also dms who've got some experience at this sort of thing uh as a dm i find it actually more enjoyable to to sit back and let the player imagination contribute to the story because especially they have a a way they want to flavor things like a a wizard known from geomancy and manipulating the earth would have a very different looking shield from a wizard all about their arcane glyph studies you know like we can all be so lucky as to have a a wizard friend uh who who is really good at flavoring all their spells um you you will be delighted or sorcerer friend especially yeah even better well actually they're all good druids clerics all I don't. I don't care. Role yeah. play it. Role play Make it. it have some fun with it. Do it in a different way than any other caster you've ever seen. I love that photo in Tasha's where there's the farmer firing off the three chicken magic missiles. I exactly. Mean, I mean, Tasha's is calling for this as well. We are like imagine the situation that like role play. You know, the DM could have just been like, oh, like three, you know, bolts of magic shoot out. But instead, they you turn it to the players. Hey, what does that look like? And the players like, it a I, I, I yeah. play my banjo. You know, say if it's a bard or something. You know, and like three chickens come out. and <laughs> flock, flock over and slam into the bad guy that, isn't that so much better that is so much better that is that's the difference between a a beginner game of D and one where players and it leaves the player trying. feeling like they, you know they contributed something you yeah, know and that absolutely. there was fun there i don't know it can work out in certain ways eventually but you're not going to want to describe that every single time you know eventually you're just going to be like the chickens go you know but sure. the first time or the first couple times someone like does something always give them an opportunity to describe it is what I feel. Look, and and so this kind of takes us into that, to the next point as well, uh, which is that there are a lot of rules to this game. Mm. There's books upon books in this game. If you're not an expert, that's okay. There should be people yeah, even, there. And players, if you're, DMs if you're a DM out there as well, don't panic if you don't know all the rules. Um, I I I'm gonna admit this is a funny one. Um, so I'm playing. I'm running Curse of Strahd campaign. You know, look, I've 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 seen you know turn dead, done a whole bunch of times, in you know my lifetime, but truth be told, I have actually seen a lot of turn undead happen in game, for a while, so, you know, I know that there's a certain level you've got to be before your destroy undead thing kicks in, and the you know the CR levels start kind of low on that, and. But, you know, there was like some specifics of the cleric was like, yeah, I'm going to use my turn undead. And I was like, there's a moment where I just sort of stopped and was like, why? I don't, I should have. Did you describe that? I should have memorized the rules for turn undead. I'm running Curse of Strahd. Oh my gosh. Like I should, why don't I know this? And I'm like, uh, does anybody here know the rules for turn undead? Does anybody here know how to play D&D? And they laughed and, you know, the the cleric was uh, pretty good at getting it, you know, getting it brought up pretty quick um you know i guess our uh, my my question at the time had been well what what are they what's the save dc what are the and that's what we went looking for in that um and it's the spell the, the cleric spellcasting and the beauty of dnd uh, beyond is that it's so quick you don't need to flip through books you I can just it. Didn't click on the thing click 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 it didn't take boom, as long as right it did. but it, but it was one of those moments where i was like oh wow here i am i'm playing 
a game that literally has an undead creature as its big baddie. I I really should be way better up on my turning tr- of undead. Uh, my, yeah. I mean, the truth is they've been playing for months now and they're only just starting to encounter undead. In all fairness, it started out as a werewolf hunt. So, um, mm. so we're only getting into undead now. And, and yeah, but now I've got it. We won't we won't need to to go over that again. But you know, I'm lucky that I get to play. I'm playing with players as well who who you know are, are very are very helpful that they do uh, they are willing to fill me in on the bits and pieces when I don't have them at the tip of my brain um, yeah and you know look sometimes as well instead of as a DM instead of having to dig through and look stuff up or you come to something kind of odd like the what happened after that is the the vampire spawns had been turned and were starting to run away and one of them ran past the monk who used his reaction to uh, to hit it, which then took it out of its frightened state. Right. And so the question is, does that burn its action? Um, right, yeah, I mean rules on top of rules eventually you just get it so, to a point so yeah, where the you just need that. to make a the gm just needs to make a uh gavel so, like yeah. tsh, tsh, tsh. so and the creatures don't look frightened but so, they've used their movement yeah so it, i thought it only used its movement so now you've taken out of that does it get to attack you back because it's on its turn or we're going to say that it's burned that already and now that you know it can keep moving if it wants to and so i kind of left let let it keep its movement but uh not its action. Anyways, I don't know if I did that right. Didn't Whatever seem to make it. Didn't know, seem to make a difference. The table. I like to lean on the rule of cool. Everybody know? was Whatever having fun. Whatever makes my player feel cooler. You know, yeah. a situation that isn't game breaking. You know? That's just it. Stay positive. You know, even if you're freaking out because everything in game seems to be working against you, stay positive in this game. Um, there is a lot of magical ways that your team and your DM and everybody can help bring it back around. Don't get too don't get too upset by it just um you know just roll with this game it's it's about having a good time about having fun and yeah sometimes some stressful bad things happen that are frustrating or whatever but you know just be cool be cool yeah except that we're you know we're all gonna make mistakes at times there's no right way to play Look, i mean <laughs> i can see people get frustrated sometimes and they like they think, oh, I should have done that on the turn. Oh my god, you know, I've. But you haven't ruined anything. Don't worry. This is just this is how the game works, right? Like it's it's an imperfect game. Yeah, and I always try to encourage my players. You know, never make them feel dumb for making yeah. a decision, especially if no, I'm playing alongside them. Exactly. You know? Don't don't beat each other up for it. Um, you know, mistakes will be made. Yeah. Um, exactly. And sometimes if things go wrong, that can be a little bit more funnier than if things do go right. You know, sometimes lean into it, you know, don't. Sure. What I think, again, stay positive. That, that idea. must be my next tip then is as well, like understand the level of funny that your game has. Yeah. It's um, different for a lot of people. Every table is maybe a bit different. I like, uh, I like games that aren't silly, but that there's room for out of character jokes so there's room for asides again this is sometimes why it's really it's great to have you know cameras and stuff on so you can kind of see the people you know, laughing and yeah, yeah and you can see the irony of somebody's remark what they say if they makes it a little comment of something that's like a little jibe or a joke that's supposed to be you know that's funny um that that there's a spontaneity to a group of people around a real table you want to try and you know let that fun come in you know, let the, it's harder with the microphones, I know, not talking over each other. Some, some applications are better than others at letting you talk over each other. Uh, I, I think Discord's pretty good at actually letting you multiple voices stream through at the same time. I think Zoom isn't quite as good. Um, yeah. <laughs> Although Discord can get a little garbly as well. It, it with can. With too many people it speaking. It can. But um, and just be mindful and... If you well, this is the other thing. Like a great if, if you've got, make sure you have the. Uh, we should have mentioned this earlier. Yeah, have some headphones. He- headphones as yeah. well. Don't be using the speakers and the microphone. Headphones, microphone, camera, basic equipment. Um, but yeah, have some fun, crack jokes, 
you know, have a good time with it. Uh, that's that's definitely rule rule number. Well, it's almost should be our final rule. Yeah, we've got space for one more though. Number ten. Um, Don't play ranger. <laughs> that's I'm joking. Play ranger. I love I actually love ranger. Uh, yeah, I'm coming to love ranger. Um, what would you? What would your number ten be? I don't know. I think we covered a lot of good ground there. Um, I think stay positive is is the main message, you know. You know. What about and what about don't meta game? Don't meta game. Does that go it's back hard. into somewhere one of it's the other hard. rules somewhere? I think we've covered a lot of good ground, but I think as a good again, if we haven't mentioned it, meta gaming is something we all do. You know, we. I don't think there's a player out there who hasn't meta gamed. And I think, never I think it's harder than ever online as well. You, you kind of need to, to help each other a little bit sometimes. Yeah. So, but here's the thing, like, okay, how would you feel as a DM if your players were chatting, using digital tools to chat behind your back? Yeah, that kind of sucks. Like passing notes around the table. It's It'd be weird. so easy to do online though, right? It's so yeah. easy to be having other chats. In fact, the other day I was trying to deliver a... A, a little uh it was actually it was like yeah i was just trying to describe a nightmare and i don't know which of the characters but somebody i could hear them banging away on their keyboard they were typing i don't know if they were like typing a response in another app or something maybe rule number 10 is be about, present yeah mm-hmm. like turn off the other apps turn off the other distractions turn off the whatever I mean, there's always emergency calls like at the table but again imagine you are at a table would you during the game whip out your phone and start playing on the game some of my friends might say yes to that to my ire but i think is this like a rule of respect you know be present for the game yeah and it can get tough if it's like four or five hours and you are slow and you're not prepared and people are late or all these other things, but I think is a rule of thumb, you know, to show you're engaged and try and make that experience better from everyone, just for everyone. Make it be just be present, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely try to stay off the other apps. Uh, try not to be surfing the web when it's not your turn. Try to be, try to be there. Listen, you know. Yeah, and bring the fun. Try to contribute in some way. Try to be do it in character. Try Absolutely. to have, you know, try to bring more to this in quiet moments speak up or encourage others to speak up you know players around the table i feel like a lot of the time a dm can start getting you know a frothy mouth of just like it's so much there's so much more pressure on the dm in a virtual world to be the one who keeps it story because it's so much it's so easy to sort of for them to go so what do you guys do and the mic silence is virtual world way worse than like it's it's almost like soul crushing it is like so like and I've served, I've, I've learned as a DM though as well, just to be patient with it. Just to, if I sit there quietly as well for a minute or so, other people will start talking. They will. Yeah. Um, I think the DM often feels that it's their job or responsibility to keep, you know, keep there from being any dead air. But you're, you're there's, no, there's no rule that says you can't have dead air in a game. Uh, you can have a quiet moment while people sort of think about what they want to do and then start talking. Yeah. So, you know, these are, these are all of sort of our mixed bag of things that we're jamming into rule 10 extra. Exactly. But this whole episode is just sort of a, thank you for, for listening, you know, and hopefully you gain something from us talking about our experiences and what we feel could make online learning, uh, not learning. Well, it is kind of learning in a way. Online learning, online play, <laughs> online play. Uh, you know, just like that's the buzzword of the year: online learning. I've yeah. heard it so much. Or <sighs> online work or whatever. I mean, the, this Zoom. Is, this is part of how the yeah. how the the future of this game is going, though. I mean, now it's that true. it's here, now that we've got these microphones and video cameras and multiple screen setups and digital tools to play games and virtual tabletops, it's no longer like, oh, well, this is the poor cousin it's like yeah it's no longer like like, this is like we meet up or we don't meet at all like now there's online options you know like it's a game changer actually i play every week with people in different countries like yeah i don't have any games going on at the moment that would not have ever happened like 
for this year. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty stoked about what it in it means in terms of me being able to play with people who I otherwise wouldn't see. Yeah. Um. So it's very cool. All right, folks. Thank you so much for joining us this Friday, Thursday. Is it Thursday yet? Wherever you're at. Yeah. If uh, if you uh, if you're catching us like as soon as we're broadcasting, as soon as we drop this episode, then Critical Role should be coming you should, soon. And you've listened to all this. You can now go look at watch Critical Role and see some some pros. Some pros do, still mess it up. Do this no, stuff really well, but yeah, still make mistakes. Um, but yeah, no. But we love them for it. But they, you know, they they're a funny hybrid because while they're we know them all because we watch them through our screens they still work very hard to all be in the same room together when they play so i yeah. give them points for that right, uh folks. i guess that's that's it then uh have a good week folks stay uh, cozy it's getting cold yeah we're enjoy, approaching the christmas enjoy season. your your uh or holiday win- season your winter whatever. festivals uh whatever they may be I hope they fill your heart with laughter and love uh, as the days draw shorter. Unless you're in the Southern Hemisphere and it's the middle of the summer right now. Hello, down and under. surf's up. Yeah. Uh, you know, get make sure you get the sunscreen on. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's hot out there. Uh, I don't know. The world's a wonderful, crazy oyster. How does work? I feel like that's only in Australia. Does that happen in other places of the world? Yeah, there's a lot of other Southern Hemisphere countries. I've always felt like like Australia is like this isolated little like uh, weird opposite. It, they're not the land. only Southern Hemisphere country. I mean, there's what all, others? What what else is well, like that? Sure, right now in like South Africa or Argentina. I mean, there's so they Fiji, have summer during the winter as well. Yeah, anything below the south south of the equator. All right. I don't believe all right, you. folks. Hey, uh, you can all like tune off now. Uh, I'm going to go and show my son a globe of the world. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a fun science class. Are uh, we in the southern hemisphere? No. Are no. we close? No. Not is it just really. like a, like is there like a is it like is it just like one or the other? Like you just like cross the equator and it suddenly goes from like boiling to like freezing well, in like no, no, centimeters? Because at the equator, it's all going to be kind of this. All right, listen. So there's no seasons at the equator. It's always just like. Have you been to Singapore? It's always like kind of. It's either like hot and raining or hot and not raining. Oh boy, what an end to the episode! <laughs> All right, folks, thank you so much for joining us. Wherever Have a you lovely might be. weekend, week, uh, end of your week, um, whatever time it is in the future as well. Uh, stick with it. Stay positive. Um, there's much joy in the world of D and D. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.